A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Fleming for Craig Hignett. Hit it, Higgy. Higgy hits the track. Oh! coming alive again. Janino wants the ball played to him. Welcome back to the Board Breakdown podcast, and we're reunited once again. Um, I'm joined by Dana and Elliot. Guys and girls, uh, let's start things off. Mogo's returned to the Riverside. Um, he saw his, he's seen his team draw 1 1. Um, goals from Charlie Mulgrew and Britta Sambalonga. Um, first question really open, um, as always. But were Borough a little bit fortunate to come away with the draw on Saturday? Dana, do you want to start us off? Yeah. Um, I don't think we were um, fortunate. I think, um, you know, Tony Pulis made his changes and, and they worked. We, you know, we, we tried to get that. Uh, winning goal we couldn't you know we got back into the game uh, with a fantastic goal from Brit and I think to be honest the you know the draw was was probably the um, you know the the deserved result in the end yeah no, I'd have to agree with that um, you know the, it was almost like a sort of game of two halves really I thought we came out in the second half and to be you know to have one man less um, we played so much better in the second half so it showed the the subs worked effectively. Um, the midfield, especially, dug in, you know, sort of closing down the play. They were running all over the place, especially um, George Savile and, and Housen. So, you know, I, I thought we we done really well to get back in the game. Great goal from Britt. Um, and we, we were trying to push on to win it, which, you know, I thought we, that you expect from Borough if you're 10 men. We thought we might have just sat behind the ball, but it was... It was Entertaining second yeah. half. Um, I, I agree. I agree. I think it was uh, the draw was a fair result. I remember in the first half, I was um, stood next to ULs it, when Bezic got sent off. We'll come to Bezic in a second, but we couldn't really see Borough getting back into the game. Um, we got punished in possibly the worst way possible, um, sent off and then conceding the goal. Um, and then I thought Blackburn grew at the game and they were the much better side. The pass Borough really well. Thought Brody Dak was excellent for them. Um, and we'll probably come to Bradley Dak a little bit later on when we talk about a bit more about recruitment. But one man let's talk about right now, more Bezic, um, before I come to some longer. I think he deserves a little bit of a break, more Bezic. Does anyone else think the same? Because I think the red card was a, a little bit stupid. A break in terms of what people lay off for criticism or just get him out of the team? I think get him out of the team. I think there's, I said last week on, when I was by myself, it was more or less... Some players do really well um, when they're out of form and they try and play themselves out of it. And some players just need like time off the team. Do you think 
He deserves time out now, or do you think it's some more or less of when he gets back from suspension, get him straight back into the squad and get him backfiring once again? Well, it depends on um, George Savile. So I thought he was decent against Blackburn when he came on. Um, and it depends on his form. Like, if he takes his chance, then you can't really. I mean, I know Besic is, you know, he's a Premier League quality player. I don't think he's at that standard. I think it's mostly because he didn't, um, you know, he wasn't at Middlesbrough for the majority of pre-season. He didn't play. Um, so he wasn't here when, when they all went to Austria, which was a physically, you know, demanding um, pre-season trip. Um, so I don't think he's quite up to speed still. Um, he could be, you know, suffering from that second spell syndrome that I think a lot of lone players do. Um, but I mean, if he if he comes back into the team, it's because you know other players' standards have dropped. You know, if if George Savile steps up, then you, you kind of have to keep him in the team. And um, it, it, yeah, it much depends on on George Savile if he can take that chance. Uh, yeah, I think you'll probably get a look in anyway, just because of the amount of fixtures that we'll have over Christmas. I think um, how many games is the red card? Is it? Uh, but we have QPR, Burton, then we're away again. Okay. We, so that's all then the week, we've got week just that's just before Christmas, isn't it? Yeah, it's two um, and then. So I think obviously the over yeah. the games over then he's got we've sort of got like again we've got one on Boxing Day, then the twenty eighth and the thirty first. So over then he's probably going to get a look in because. You're going to need to, to rotate the squad, aren't you? So, um, but I think, yeah, obviously it does come down to Savile's uh, form and, and wing as well. Um, you know, potentially all of the midfield, but I think, you know, Housen and, and Clayton are probably going to be a shoe in there. Um, but, yeah, I, I can see what you were saying about um, potentially a break because, you know, a lot of people have said it to me and we, we were saying it on Saturday about he dwells too much on the ball. Um, when he gets hold of it, you know he just needs to pass and move the basics, as you put it, on Saturday. And he he, he seems to it kind of used to be you know a trait of his game, but you know lately, you know teams are pressing us, um, especially yeah. when when they come into our ground. You know what I mean? They're looking to get on the front foot, and he he just seems to be a bit too laxadaisical on the ball, and just he just needs to release it sooner, and then you know get on the move. I feel like that was coming though, that kind of mistake. Maybe not in that you know in that way, but yeah. I feel like with Housen as well, it's the same. Like our midfielders hold on to the ball for far too long. They take too many touches. More Besic has played himself in a trouble a few times. Obviously, it cost us on um, on Saturday. There just needs to be a little bit more quick thinking, I think, which is what our midfield lacks. You know, you can have that kind of. Um, we need that creativity, but yeah, and and that pace. But we need it in terms of you know mentally as well. We need quick thinkers on the yeah. ball, and I just don't feel like we have that. Do you think they're playing a little bit deeper because? We play well. We hold the ball a lot longer because we're playing deeper, uh, and the other team is pressed so high, and it's quite difficult to get it out to the striker. Potentially, yeah. I mm. mean, it's yeah. It, it probably is. I yeah, no, and that's why you see um, so a lot of our balls are you know to our strikers just a sort of a, a ball that, that's over the top, and it's you know trying to bring it down, then wait for the rest of the team, and then move up, and then play people in. So it's yeah, they could. Yeah, I, well, it, it really popped in my head when you when you were both mentioning it. Um, but there's a player that Tony Pulis mentioned, and they both mentioned him as well, George Savile. Um, Tony Pulis put it as potential captain of the football club. Obviously, very early stages for George Savile's footballing career. But does Pulis have a little bit of a point of George Savile? Um, I'm not too sure. I it doesn't really seem. Like a leader, and I feel like he's one of them where he's not going to be 
don't know, shouting too much about. Um, but I mean, it might come with age. I think how old is he? Is he about 25, 6 maybe? How is that? Is he that? Is even less than that. I couldn't know. even tell. Well, I think he's a, he, I think he's mid range about there. But I think you know if he grows into more of a. I don't know. You need one of those like lead bitters. Um, yep. Who are going to do it if you if you're a captain in centre midfield? Um, and I feel like he's going to be one of them ways. Like you said, what we were saying about him earlier in the season, where he's drifting in and out of the games. Um, I know he had a good game on on Saturday because we had to dig in, but he does drift in and out of games. So you wouldn't really currently see a, a leader doing that. But you never know. I think I'll do. I think groups. Saturday's game will do Josh Savile world good. Um, just in terms of confidence and getting himself back in the team and getting himself back to where his standards originally were when he was at Millwall um, he's got a lot to work on I think Pulis did say that but I was really impressed with George Sowell and I have been I've not overly impressed but sometimes in games he looks you can see there's a player in there you can actually see you know what when his confidence is there and we've got the right players around him yeah I think he will excel but I think captain's a bit obviously way too soon. Yeah. Didn't even the right right for him. Do you think that was just a way of um, Tony Pierce kind of instilling a bit of confidence in him, you know, with, yeah. with the press? Because I think he has been getting a little bit of stick. You know, everyone always looks at price tags and kind of judges based off mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Um. So maybe that was a, a bit of a tactic from from Pulis to kind of get people rallied around him and, and you know let people know that there is a player here and he could you know go on to to be a fantastic player for the football club and captain then yeah because he, he did he did say as well about um, you know he's lived most of his life in, in London he's he at Chelsea first and then Millwall so he's you know he's coming out of his way to sort of come up with the North East and sort of just the life so that was sort of the other point there as well and yeah it could be a tactic for he's, he's coming to God's country it's, people call, well it's not really God's country Middlesbrough football club but um, it's a lot better than Millwall but anyway um, <laughs> <laughs> um, British on Belonga um, getting some stick as per usual um, I know we've seen that video uh, compilation like I think it was yesterday or the day before I think I came across it um, basically showing all of British on Belonga's miss from the last two years that he's been at the football club I think he serves a, a little bit of slack, don't you? Oh, oh no! Um, yeah. You don't think he deserves a bit of slack? All right, okay. It's, it's a, I don't know. It's a hard one because yeah, you look at all of those chances on the videos and you think a lot of them we should have been putting away. And I, I was at some of the matches and you just like I remember when it, it happened and you're thinking, what you know? How have you missed that type of thing? But um, no, I, I'm I'm going to defend him and, and not just because he he scored the goal on the weekend, but. Because he's been in and out of the team over the last year or so, and he, he's he's fought his way back in. Whether that's you know through injuries and he, he took mm-hmm. his chance when he's got back in, he stayed professional throughout. He hasn't you know spat his dummy out like some players do. Um, yeah, in regards to missing the chances, like I've said, yeah, you have those frustrating moments. But you know, how many times have you been sat there on on a weekend and you've watched the Premier League or you've watched you know any type of football and you, you see people miss one on ones. Yeah. It can happen even at the top players, and that's what that's what that borough form put out where they put the top chances missed by the Premier League players. So it's it's one of them like people miss chances, and um, I mean you've got to look deeper into it when you're looking at that. And I don't really have the stats on me at the moment, but you've got to look into like you know conversion rate then from the amount of shots you're having to how many you're putting away. But um, I still think he, he's really prolific when he when he gets a chance. A lot of a lot of the shots on that video. Um, Sort of balls coming over the top, mm-hmm. and when you look at Brit's goals when he was at Forest, it was all you know played along the floor. And he, he was in 
a lot of them were like coming over the top and you have to like sort of bring it down and then put it away so which I think is a good point because um, I don't think that to get the best out of Brit you stick him up front on his own hmm. uh, we saw on, on Saturday quite a promising partnership I thought you know between Hugel and Brit because I don't think Hugel himself is, is somebody that can play up top by himself I think yeah. he's one of those kind of you know he's a bruising um, so, you know, centre forward but I don't think he can really you can't bring the best out of him on his own mm. and um, you know at the end of the day British Ombolong is the only player in, in our side that's capable of getting 20 goals mm. and that's that's yeah. why I don't think any player's immune to criticism but that's why I won't dig into him because at yeah. the end of the day if he's like played consistently he will get us 20 goals mm. No, I agree I actually agree um, and I agree with both your points we need like a centre forward with him um, I thought John, I thought John Hugel and Brett Sombolong were great on Saturday um, Hugel did a little bit, did more of a little bit of the dirty work, um, getting the ball, whistling the defenders' feathers, and Brit well scored the absolute screamer. He could have, well, he should have made it too, but um, it's probably less to, to dwell on. Um, but I do think he should start Saturday. Um, I just think it's a little bit more pressure off when you're away from home. Um, could potentially play two up front if we wanted to. Or I was going to say it could be an interesting Brexit four four two on the cards hard, with this partnership. Really hard Brexit, yeah. It could be, yeah. I know. Well, you, it, honestly, it, it's something that we could look at, especially when we're looking at players to, to bring in. Um, even if it's just wingers or it's a number ten, um, it's it's an opportunity for us to, to change that now. But realistically, I think Hugo's probably start on Saturday. Um, but I don't think Brit should get the criticism that people make. I think quite a lot of people defended defended him anyway um, on on Twitter. But speaking of Brit anyway. Rumours, January, potentially leave, Martin Braithwaite as well. Um, recruitment is something that we talk about quite frequently in the podcast. I'll probably make my point in a second, but um, do you think Middlesbrough have to essentially sell a Sambalonga and Braithwaite to, to bring the new type of footballers in? No, I, I don't think so, because we, we obviously sold Gibson and uh, Bamford and Triore for you know quite a bit of money in the summer. Yeah. Obviously, we did sign the likes of McNair, five million, I think that was, and um, Savile, seven million. Flint. Yeah, Flint. Flint, seven million, I believe. So, yeah. Five, seven million rising. But we should have, we should have the money. I mean, we came down from the Premier League. We got parachute payments. Um, so we, I mean, I, I don't think we should. I don't think we need to sell. Obviously, probably Braithwaite because he's not. His, his head's not at Middlesbrough, as I said in the one of the previous podcasts. His head's in a palm or yeah. Um, so I don't think we need to. We, I don't think we need to sell Brit. What I think Brit, where it should be on his way. Definitely. Anyone else you probably sell? Harry Chapman probably. I know I mentioned pretty podcast before. He'd probably go. Mm, uh, I wouldn't personally sell him, but you know, I, I feel like that's that's gonna happen. Yeah. I was telling him. I think there's. Let bit of go to Sunderland. Yeah. Pretty, that, that, I'm pretty yeah. like sure that's gonna happen. <laughs> yeah. If he doesn't happen, then. <laughs> Fuck knows, he might score a buddy Forest Green or somewhere. Um, <laughs> Fletcher as well. I think Fle- Pulis putting him in the shot window potentially. I thought Fletcher was really unlucky on Saturday. Mm. I thought I was gutted for him when he came off. I know. I know when we we were talking that uh, Fletcher didn't like, really look into the game as much as we anticipated him to be. Um, I just felt really bad because of just basically it's all Bezic's fault because um, <laughs> Fletcher deserved his chance, but. It'd be nice to see what Fletcher does though, especially on that left wing. Um, I don't know, like spoke about 
comparing him with Rashford at one point just to say the way he's direct and stuff. I kind of understood it, but comparing him with Rashford was an absolute disgrace. But uh, speaking of recruitment uh, in general, I kind of feel like we were repeating myself a little bit um, with this like whole recruitment saga. Um, I know I men- mentioned something to you guys in, 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 our, in our group chat, but in terms of our recruitment, I think it's the biggest issue that we face as a football club anyway. Um, either like whether our recruitment process is, is data-based or it's scout reports or, or both. Um, I'm starting to think, like, who's, like, bringing these players in? Um, like, don't get me wrong, like, we've brought some, like, good players in. Like, you say Housen's is okay, Sambalong is all right. Um, but they've been severely overpriced, even in, like, an inflated market. There's no way you should be paying like fifteen million for a Sombalonga, ten million for Braithwaite, seven million for Fletcher, eight million for George Savile, um, seven million for Adam Flint. There's five million for Darren Randolph. Um, who else? McNair, five. McNair, five million, and but I just think it's absolutely madness. Absolute madness. Who like who thinks you know what? I'm going to pay eight million pounds for George Savile. He's only played for. He's only played for Millwall. Um, well, yeah, he's Charles, part of Chelsea's academy. But um, but when you like say if you like look at Leicester for example, right? Um, when they're in the championship, same as us, uh, Bournemouth probably as well uh, to some extent. But Mara's three hundred thousand, Jamie Vardy, Mill from Fleetwood, and even at the Premier League, right? Cantier and Gold County was five million. Like, like that's with add-ons included. I think it was like five to six million rising up. So like I'm thinking like why aren't we looking at like these lower league? players hmm. and I, I'm not, that's not me just saying um, we're aiming low I'm not showing intent but there's like actually players who could be itching to play and actually give it a go and actually have quality like Bradley Dack was a fine example on Saturday that barely cost him a penny and he just running rings on the whole defence um, but I'd rather just like even if January if January was quite like poor and we just said, you know what, we need to start this whole recruitment process again, start from scratch, put scouts in the lower leagues, like in the English, French, Spanish, Germany, Hong Kong, wherever, right, wherever these players are, right, you need to start putting scouts out and start building up a network and trying to get the price down again, like, there's so many teams that do it, and we just think, oh, you know, we'll pay top dollar, we'll pay seven million for Ashley yeah. Fletcher, absolute worst money, no wonder, like, Gibson's fed up. Mm. But, um, do you think I can have a point there, I know I made quite a few, but, do you think Mills will actually do need to overhaul the whole recruitment process to actually kick start again? Um, it's, it's a tough one to say because I think um, obviously without knowing sort of the ins and outs of where we have networks set up and where we're currently scouting, um, it's hard. And I think by the by the looks of the signings, it's obviously just that you know we're looking at sort of the two leagues either side of us in our own league judged by the players that we've brought in in the last year or so um, the only one I can think of that was sort of out of that was Braithwaite um, mm. other than that they're all coming from you know, League One the Premier League or the Championship itself where you know if you're signing within the league um, it's shown that you're going to have to be paying that money because you, you, you're selling to a direct rival so that's why the prices were hiked up for Rhodes for a Sombra Longa for Flint um, so yeah, you, you, I think it's a good point that you make that you know if you're putting them in lower leagues, especially even like you said the other countries like France for example, because I think that's where they got Maras and and kind of from was it? So yeah, um, it can be done. It's obviously 
that the fans look at it negatively um, when that happens because you, you think of I know it's not a good example because he, he wasn't very good but Marvin Johnson for example um, you know people think well, why are we signing him who, who, who's he I've heard of him but you know I mean you, the best the best players are the un, unhidden gems or the untapped talent is not the ones that you've always heard of do you know what I mean mm. it's the players that you haven't heard of no one heard of Mahrez mm. um, so it, you know it, it, it is a possibility for us to do that but it's it's whether um, it's whether we're willing to take that risk because you could end up getting someone in and they're just not up to scratch at all they can't deal with the physical demands of the league and, and so on and so forth So yeah it's about taking that chance isn't it because at the end of the day when you're in a promotion battle you want players that you know you can trust to some yeah. degree yeah. And, and if you pluck some you know hidden gem if you like um, from like you know an obscure league or whatever then and they don't turn out to be that gem that you, th- you first thought or that it takes them a while to kind of find their feet I mean I look at kind of um, it's a bit of a weird example but Thomas Mejias in that playoff season when we brought him from uh, mm. Real Madrid and he cost us points cut and dry cost us points I remember, I remember against Sheffield Wednesday I think he against Sheffield Wednesday in Leeds he cost us points that could have been the difference or that was the difference between playoffs and automatic promotion mm-hmm. so it's like do you want to kind of get a player from I don't know it doesn't have to be abroad it can be you know League 1, League 2 whatever um, and put them into the first team because you, you need to be able to know that they can deliver and sometimes you don't know for certain whether they can if they've never been in that league before mm. I think that's I think you've made like valid points but you know, I think what's his name is Steve Walsh the, it was, he was a Leicester recruitment. Yeah. Um, he was able to find find the players who were suitable to that style, suitable for people who would be suit, suited to the area as well, and also to like suited to the players around him. Um, oh, don't get me wrong. Like even I probably I've got some more names like Carlos De Pen. I think he was like what, three million. Yeah. Uh, three million. And then there was also Tamo King at one point. He was like two mil. Um, used to pay like six mil for Scott McDonald. The amount of money we've just wasted. Yeah. And do you think? Yeah. Do you think King and Depeny though were those ones that they were trying to take the risk on? Whereas Scott McDonald was obviously one of those where he was kind of, kind of proven and not wasn't in the championship. Yeah. But I mean, S- SPLs or SPFL, whatever it's called, is a quite similar standard. To be fair. I'm honest, I just think we were high when we 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 bought Carlos Depeny. Honest to God, um, you know what, actually, Carl, for Carlos De Pena's sake, I remember like the one game I seen them play, and I could see like there was something like technically all right about in terms of his crossing, yeah. his his, yeah. his eye, his vision was quite good, but he was never up to the pace. He oh, yeah. up to pace. Yeah. Um, but when you look at the say like the French league or the, like the Spanish league, the wherever he came from, the Argentinian league, he looked unbelievable. Yeah, he, so. he looked like an absolute dime piece, but. Um, in terms of like Spanish league, it's technically better than English league, but the, the English league is more aggressive and it's more relentless than any other league in the world. French league, there's, there is players there. And I think Newcastle did it for like a season or so. When they, remember when they brought in quite a few French players and they just did really well. Um, so there's kind of there's a bit of proof in the pudding, but I just think in terms of recruitment, I feel like we should just kind of rip it up and not just like, rip it up, just start again because the amount of signs and the amount of money we've wasted on just like I can't I can't remember one player that's like got me off my seat a little bit well apart from a, a down but that yeah. took him two years to get going but there's not one player that came in and thought you know what made a difference yeah 
I think um, I think if it was to do it, I, I think we should only do it if we don't go up this season. I think I don't think we should gamble on it in January. And plus, with, with the January transfer, it's hard to pick up who you want. Um, January is quite limited, so I think we should just stick to kind of. Well, I wouldn't say what we're doing in the transfer market because they've been awful. But stick to kind of tried and tested, trusted players um, to potentially get us up, and then try to sort of bring in maybe players from abroad um, and sort of then ease them in the first team or even if you know if they are absolutely tearing it up wherever they, they get it from then you know put them straight in um, and obviously when you when we were obviously mentioning this about sort of you know untapped players a lot of them are probably going to be of a younger age and it comes back to the point we always make on the podcast about you know we've got those young hungry players you know that's what you said at the start of your point the, the young hungry players Um you know, obviously we're still short on we're still short in areas, but you know, wing Tav Chapman when he's fit, um, you know they could be you know the unhidden unhidden talent that no. could could get you yeah. out of your seat. <laughs> yeah, I know, yeah. I know. It's just it, it, it is it's a tough short. one, isn't we're it? We're so short yeah. on like certain areas, and we're not we just lack that creativity and. It, yeah, it's not going to change overnight, and it, it probably won't. You're not going to bring in, say, like a, a said, said we brought in a damn again. I'm not a non starter, but say we brought him in again. It's going to take us to get like another three or four weeks to get to a, another start. It's no standard of where 21st wants to be. We'll probably change formations all over again. Um, but in my opinion, I know I said at the start of the season, do I think we'll go up? Probably don't. I don't think we will. Um, so that's kind of why I was bringing it up more now to say, well, yeah, let's yeah. start again. Fuck it, take the hit. I think I know we have to get up this year. I think it's really important we do get up this year, but I don't think we're good enough to go up, especially when I see the likes of Aston Villa, Derby were much better than us. Um, Leeds are re- looking really good this year. I think Norwich will fall, but in terms of how many we're going to go up, I don't think we will. That's why I think we should probably start now. I think it could bring, uh, make or break our season in January. It's that important for us. Yeah. You know, we need that kind of Gaston Ramirez like signing in terms of you know it, it can pushes along because I think yeah. we we definitely know we desperately needed him at that point um, and we desperately need somebody like him now uh, the Gaston Ramirez of that promotion mm. season not the Gaston Ramirez of the Premier League season um, but it is that Im- that important you know we need pace width creativity um, backs. Uh, yeah. well, we, need, we need pretty much everything to be fair like, we'll start again we'll sell us going to start again <laughs> If only if it was like it was like a, if only uh, recruitment app was like a FIFA game it'd be uh, uh-huh. it'd be simple but no it's uh, yeah it's a, it's a tough one but I think uh, for me sort of the, the final point in it is I'd do it at the end of the season if we don't go up um, if we went up I'd still do it to an extent but I wouldn't overhaul it as much as if we didn't go up yeah fair yeah. okay let's move on then um, QPR on Saturday another another face another manager um, who us to European glory well not everyone else did but this man did in particular Steve McLaren the only Middlesbrough manager for uh, uh, in Middlesbrough football club history to win a trophy now manager of QPR the player 4-2-3-1 they had a really poor start of course and then they've started to pick up um, how do you think QPR is going to go Taylor? Um, it's it's difficult to tell because obviously they're at home um, you know they did have a bit of an upturn in form um, I think yeah, Steve McLaren got manager of the month it seems to have cursed them a little bit because they've only had one win in six but 
the key for them, I think, is Luke Freeman, mm-hmm. um, player that Borough almost well went into signing um, in the summer. Um, you know, they've, they've got experienced Championship players, you know, the likes of Joel Lynch and um, Massimo Longo has been in there for a few years, and uh, Jake Bidwell. They've, they've mm-hmm. got you know a pretty experienced backline and, and you know Championship players, but. They have had a shaky, shaky like run in the past few games, and I think it, it could be a you know a chance for Borough to you know take advantage of it. But I mean, I think it's going to be a difficult game away from home. You know, Loftus Road's a, a very tight ground, and um, they've, you know, they've, I think the last game we played there was it the three-two win. Uh, and George Friends got that absolute screamer. Oh, was that was that the last one? I thought. It was. Oh yeah, it was. Oh yeah, yeah, it we, was, yeah. We won like two or three nil that day. Two or yeah. three. Yeah. It was it Dan's first goal? Oh yeah, it was. Was yeah. it Dan's first goal? See, mm. absolute knowledge coming off the way there. <laughs> yeah. I forgot about that game. Absolute Absolute even though it was more uh, history, more yeah. history by Johnny Bullock. Um, <laughs> I think it's going to be a difficult game. Else, tough um, game. Four-two-three-one. They try and make it a little bit difficult for Millsborough. Um, good on set players. Um, do you think they're gonna probably take us on the front foot and make things difficult? Well, I think they should. Yeah, no, I think I think it's gonna be a, another tough game to be honest. Um, just looking at the past results there, and um, you know the quite prolific of scoring in all of the games. They're scoring at least two, three. Last game, they narrowly lost the Leeds two one. Um, so you know they're giving people a good a good goal considering. How it was at the start of the season where they hadn't won in what was it seven or eight? Yeah. Um, and they turned it around. So I think it's going to be a it's going to be a hard game. And like like Dana was saying there about Freeman, they've got that player that can unlock the door. And if they get the runners in behind, and um, I forgot who the sort of player. I think they have, is it Naki Wells have got up front. They've Naki got Wells, yeah. uh, Luongo. Um, I think that, that other lad. I think his name's Eze or. E- easy or something yeah, like that. Yeah, easy and yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so they got so some decent players going forward. Um, and Naki Wells, I think I don't know if it's just made up in my head whether I just remember him scoring against us a lot. But I feel like he scores against us all the time. So whether it's just Jamie uh, Mackey does. Jamie Mackey does. Is Jamie Mackey still on QPR's books? Because I think he, he scored against us last season I, and I should have put a bet on it. Breaking news, Jamie Mackey's just gonna... signed for QPR for Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> just one game contract to, to score against Millsbury. Um, it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be a tough game. I probably agree with both your points. Um, I think Millsbury have to start a game aggressive rather come. I think the thing is Millsbury. If we start well, we finish well, and if we start slow, we're absolutely brutal. Um, but a fair play to Pulis. I think Pulis deserves a lot of credit for what he's done in previous games, like Preston, Blackburn, making the changes as when he needs it, uh, and getting us the result in the end. Um, I think Borough have to take the game on the front foot. They have to be aggressive in that midfield, win that midfield battle early doors. It's a small pitch, so try and you know kick a few players in the air a little bit. I know that's like an old-fashioned saying, but um, we need to just start taking games by scruff of the neck. We just look a little bit soft um, now, and that's quite rare for a Tony Pulis team. And normally with Tony Pulis teams, you expect a really tough game, and that's why that are cold, windy, wet night at Stoke. Um, was renowned because Pulis was made teams really difficult to beat. Um, I think QPR are going to have much of the ball for the first 20-30 minutes and that's probably expected. They want to get a result. McLaren will want to beat the Borough. Um, I think he still lives up here. Actually, I think he still lives in Yarm. Um, if he doesn't, I've completely made that up. But <laughs> <laughs> um, I think he's. Uh, I think it's going to be a really tough, 
tough, tough afternoon for us. I think we will win the game, but I'll put my prediction towards the end. But Dana or Elliot, who wants to go first? Your starting 11s. Oh, God. I'll go with mine. Um, I'll, it's it's a hard one because I want Hugel and Brett up front, given what we saw in the game against Blackburn, because I feel like both of the players, like I mentioned earlier on, can work well off each other. Yeah. But then it's... You know, it's where do you put down in and what formation do you play? But I think I've gone for four three one two. It was like um obviously Randolph and Goal, back four, Shotton, Ayala, Flint and Friend, and then Clayton Housen and Savile in midfield, down in behind Hugo and Britt. There's not a lot of width in there, but at the end of the day we don't have width anyway, so who cares? <laughs> Fair enough. Else? Um, I'm quite tall actually. Uh, when we were talking about this, um, two up top earlier, that's what sort of what you went with in the end, haven't you? There, um, I'm sort of torn between sticking with the four three three, um, or going with this sort of three five two. Um, I'm swaying towards it a little bit because of, um, the fact that obviously we don't have um sort of the natural width, um, and you can sort of make it a back five when. So you know when we're on the back foot, um, but then again it, it leaves out sort of Downing and Tav if I'm taking the five at the back. Yeah. Um, I'm a little bit torn um, between between the the, the lineups. Uh, I'll 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 go with the the three five two one. Um, then I'll let I'll let you know just after that what I would have done if I went four three three, but. Um, so I'll go like a, a three five two or you know five three two whatever, um, with uh, Shotton. Um, is Fry still injured or is uh, he? Uh, he's back. Right. Okay. So I'll go Shotton, Fry, Bart, Flint, and Friend. No Ayala. No Ayala. Okay. Um, Clayton. Um, I'm gonna go wing and Savile over Housen because I'd want the two centimeters in front of Clayton to be a bit more. On the front foot, and mm-hmm. I think Housen, like you were saying earlier, I think he's, I think like Bessic, he's he's just dwelling on the ball too much, and, yeah. I, and I think in in that game, I think we need someone who's going to be getting at them a bit more, and then Hugo and Britt um, up top. Um, if I was going to go with a four three three, I'd take um, Fry out of that, um, of that back five, I'd play, uh, you know, the same midfield, but then I'd have Tav and Downing. On either side, and then Hugo up front. See, I've I went with hard England Brexit football. Um, actually, I haven't really. Um, I went with the Sven Goran Eriksson England four four two diamond formation four one two one two. And I've put Randolph in goal, shot an Ayala front friend, Clayton in the that little holding position. Yeah. Um, I've got Housen and Savile on the your two centre mids. I've got down in the hole, and then I've got. Britt and Hugo up top. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much mine, yeah. I just think that's just going to work. I just think Savile with his left, left peg playing it around the back for Britt to run onto, Hugo just to chest it down and just knock it over for Britt or play it down and down to run through. You can play it a wide, your wing backs with shot and unfriend. I don't get me wrong, like, friends absolutely had it, so you'll probably have to wheel up the pitch, but uh, <laughs> I think that's like, it's, I, think that's, I think that's like a really good formation. I, I don't know why. Um, Probably, I don't think it'll happen, Mike, but I think that's actually quite a good idea. Um, but before we move on to like score predictions, 
couple of questions that we've got in. Um, one is from Thomas Fluka Barker, and I'm sorry if I've said your name wrong. Um, he's at uh, at Barker Fluka, and he says a player like Dak uh, would be perfect for us. Do you agree? And a Sambalonga works much better in a two rather than up his own. Up front by on his own. <laughs> Mad stuff is horrendous. And uh, he said, "Do you agree?" Um, is well, we'll start off with Bradley Dak first. <laughs> uh, God, I'm so honestly. If you didn't know me, I'm dyslexic, so I'm not gonna read these out anymore. Um, so no, I think I think with Dak, um, yeah, uh, I, I could see him being a, you know. A potentially a good player for us if he was at us. Um, he's a bit like Freeman, um, in the sense that he can unlock that down. He was, he was really good against Borough on Saturday. Um, that chance where he sort of got in and he, he hit the post. Yeah. I was uh, you know, quite nervous when that happened. Um, but he, he, you know, he was pulling the strings in that midfield. Um, and I mean, it's not a position that we particularly need at the moment. But I think he'd be, you know, if we were to ever get him, he would be an excellent signing. Yeah. No. Agree and Sambalonga, um, is he better by himself or would you like to have two men up front with him? Um, I think Brit Sambalonga is better up, by, up front by himself only if he has wingers that play with him. Um, I just think he, he's more of a poacher. But in Borough's system at the moment, I think he's better in it too um, just because he doesn't get any service at all and then it paid dividends when uh, Hugel held the ball up for him and he was looking over the top. Yeah, um, I have to, yeah, I'd agree with that. It's, uh, yeah, up, up, and he's normally played up top on his own, but you know he's had that, he's had that, you know, creative creativity from the wings, but we don't have that, so he worked well in the two. It's a bit like um, Gested and and Rhodes in it with having Hugel and Brick. So, yeah, um, Dana, I want you to answer this one. It'd probably be a shared question anyway, but it's from Team Monroe. I'm not gonna lie, Team Monroe. I can't bother to say your your app name because it's loads of numbers in a three three four. Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. loads of ones and three three four. Um, I don't think anyone else will have a similar name to that. But he says, "What's uh, what's thought on our poor home form?" It's a change because obviously, um, you know, we're so used to being so formidable at the Riverside. Um, I, th- I feel like we've started slowly this season uh, for a lot of games. There was, it was a, you know, there was an exception on Saturday. I actually thought we started quite brightly on Saturday, and we yeah. just shot ourselves in the foot. Um, I don't think it's, um, I don't think we should get too worried about it at the moment. Obviously, the performances haven't been great. The results haven't been as good as they have been mm-hmm. uh, at the Riverside. Um, but as long as we are, you know, kind of maintaining some sort of momentum some sort of form yeah when we start to you know get you know consecutive defeats um at the riverside then i think we should start to worry but at the moment um i, I mean i can understand the you know the, the concern but at the moment i feel like there's other things to worry about than our home form i think there is something to worry about i think we're, we're probably one of the lowest scorers at home aren't um, we the lowest scorers anyway in top six Definitely yeah. top six. Um, I don't think it's just home. We're not creating enough. I, I remember when right out of current zero, we were absolutely prolific at home. Barely lost any games. But with that in mind, um, Middlesbrough's record dating back from when they scored first at home, I think that goes from like 2015, I believe. Um, so I don't think we, yeah, but I think there's something to worry about. 
but I wouldn't say it's the whole reason why we're not winning football matches. I think we just need to be, be a bit more aggressive at all and be a bit more adventurous because you pay it to be entertaining in the day. Um, but I feel like it's our team though as well. Like oh, yeah. we, at the end of the day, we haven't got the players that that we wanted to get in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in the summer. Once we do get those players, once we kind of fill those positions, I think our home form will start to get back to its you know old self. If you, you know, if you want. But yeah, I feel like it is just just our squad the players that we've got we haven't got the players that Pulis wanted um, and that we need so it's probably that's probably part of the reason why our home farm hasn't been as good Fair enough Elliot no point to make um, score predictions QPR something for something Dana we'll start off with you as you said last time on the podcast you said we'd get beat and we did so ah, I did didn't I um, <laughs> oh god uh, this one I feel like of course as well what did I say? You said 2-1, but there was three goals in the game, so I would take that. Mm. Well, <laughs> yeah, I'll take that. QPR, I've, I'm thinking a draw, you know. I, I, I reckon 2-2 for some reason. That's just coming in my head. So I'm going to go 2-2. All right, OK. Elliot? I'm going to go for a Borough bore win. Um, 2-1, same result as the Brentford. I was going to go 2-1. Should have known, though. Nah, you know, I'll go 2-1 as well. I'll go 2-1 Middlesbrough. Um, I think we'll score... I think we'll come from behind as well, funny enough. Call me crazy. Um, I just think... <laughs> wow. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to re- repeat what Elliot just said to me. Um, but 2-1, I think we'll come from behind. Hugo, and you know what? I'm, I'm waiting on a Flint goal again. So I'm going to say a Flint just to knock it at the end. Every week. Every week, mate. End of Flint. End of Flint. 50-1 every week. Um, well this is the Borough Breakdown podcast um, Return of the Mac on Saturday no Gusted for Elliot um, but thank you very much for listening share, subscribe to our channel and do everything you need to do um, well, thank you very much for listening and- Fleming for Craig Hignett, hit it Higgy Higgy hits the track Benelli coming alive again Janino wants the ball played to him Spots out. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.